turn now. Hey guys, good to see you. Uh, my name is Bo. I'm the uh, Generations Pastor here at CA, which means I get to lead this fusion community, which is just such an honor and such a joy for me to uh, get to be a part of this place. want to add my welcome to those who are visiting. So glad that you are here with us tonight. Uh, I also want to extend another invitation to all of you to our uh, Cafe 90s Trivia Night. It's going to be incredibly fun. I was told I'm not allowed to participate in the trivia tonight because uh, apparently y'all are scared uh, and you know that I'll win again. So uh, I have to sit out of the trivia, but you guys should come and definitely participate in that. Uh, it's going to be a really, really fun night. We're excited for everything that's going to be taking place at the cafe. Uh, go ahead and grab your bulletins, which hopefully you got as you walked in the door. There's going to be some verses in there for you, as well as some lines for you to just take some notes on anything that you might hear in our uh, message tonight that, that you know God just wants you to remember and write down. Well, I have the honor of beginning a new series tonight uh, entitled Talk About It. And I just have a question for you. Fusion, do you have something that you really, really like to talk about? Do you have like that thing that you are known for being a person who talks about this thing? Uh, I have several of those things. One of which, if you know me, if you spend time with me, you know I like to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, They are my football team. They're also America's team. Uh... They're America's team because when they're, when they're winning, everyone's talking about them. And when they're losing, everyone's talking about them. You guys can't stop. You can't stop yourself from talking about them because uh, they're America's team. I have a lot of opinions. Just ask me. I'll share a lot of things with you about the Cowboys. I'll talk to you about how, uh, speaking of 90s night, in the early 90s when I was growing up, they just kept winning Super Bowls over and over and over again. I have opinions on that. I'll tell you why I think that offensive line in the 90s was the best offensive line ever to play football. I'll talk briefly about like the, the little rough stretch that we're in right now, but how, how, how I, I believe with confidence next year is our year. I got lots of opinions uh, on the Dallas Cowboys. I'll talk to you about them if you want to. I love to talk about, this is going to be weird for some of you, conspiracy theories. I love it. I love it. I'm not saying I like subscribe to all of them, but I am fascinated by conspiracy theories. Like you want to talk about some weird stuff that was going on with the government, uh, uh, w- with what happened in this place or that. I am all interested in all ears to talk about conspiracy theories. I'll, I'll talk to you about them all night long. I love to talk about my family, my babies. Austin Rose, man, my little girl, she's just turned two in December. This personality is just developing in her. She's so funny. She's so sweet. She's so smart. Uh, I'll just be walking with her. She'll just like count to 20. I'll be like, where did you learn that? What is your mom teaching you? That's awesome. Uh, My boy Shepard is going to be one. I cannot believe it. He's going to be one in a few weeks. And just my son. Man, he's, he's so big. He's going to be walking any minute now. I'm just proud of him. Every time he like takes a little step that I'm holding his hand, I'm like, way to go, bro. I'm proud of you. He's like, I didn't do anything. You did that. I'm like, I know, but we did it together. That's great. My wife, I love to talk about my wife, Blake, man. My love, my bride. So gifted, so talented, so funny. She creates such a great home for us. I'll talk to you about my family all night long. What are your things, Fusion. What are you known to talk about? Does anybody, show of hands, anybody know that person in your life who who, who doesn't need an invitation to begin telling you about the current diet that they're on or the current workout plan that they're doing? It's like, hey man, how's your day going? Bro, I was doing bench this morning. I'm like, I did not ask you about your workout this morning. But you started with the word bro, so I knew where you were going with that. It's like, tell me about your, your bench. Like, you just spent 30 minutes talking to me about your diet. I asked you what you thought about the weather, but okay, here we are. What are you known for? In the Bible, there's a story of some followers of Jesus 
who were talking about Jesus, and they were threatened by the authorities. The authorities came to them and said, you need to shut up when it comes to Jesus. You, you must stop what you are doing when, you're, when it comes to speaking about Jesus. And I love this. In Acts 4.20, they say this, we cannot, we cannot stop telling about what we have seen and heard. And that is what our new series is about. This idea of conversational evangelism. Now, this might be different than what some of you think. When you hear the word evangelism, some of you get very uncomfortable already. And you have these images in your mind of going and knocking on doors of people you have no relationship with and handing them a track. Or maybe you think about somebody you know, on stage in a suit or maybe on television doing evangelism that way. That's not the kind of evangelism we're talking about in this series, though I do believe God has used many, many men and women to preach his gospel through all of those means. But in this series, we're talking about speaking about Jesus as a normal way of life, as a normal part of what you do. Because you see, there's a big difference between all of the things that you could be known for as being somebody who speaks about these things and Jesus. Those things might be good and fine, but only Jesus saves. Only Jesus heals. Only Jesus restores and redeems. And so we're going to learn together in this series over the next several weeks. Our goal is to understand that all followers of Christ are capable and are called to evangelism. And for some in this room, you're already doubting. You've already checked out. You're like, that's not for me. I'm not an evangelist. I'm just going to pray right now. I'm going to pray that our God would cast out any fear or doubt that might be there. And instead, would you leave this place encouraged and full of faith that God wants to use you to help bring his kingdom into this world? Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. Lord, we ask that you would just be at work. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it is alive and that it is active and that when we read it and when we apply it to our lives by the help of your Holy Spirit, we are a changed people. So I pray that you would speak to us now, Lord. I pray that you would make us a people of confidence when it comes to speaking about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, tonight, the goal is very simple. We're going to get some really practical steps on how everybody in this room who calls yourself a follower of Jesus can take part in conversational evangelism. But before we even get there, I just want to define it. You know, evangelism, it's simply talking about the good news of Jesus, which has the power to change lives. It's just talking about the good news of Jesus that has the power to change lives. That's the gospel. That's what evangelism is. There's another story in the Bible about a guy named Paul who was just one of the greatest evangelists who ever lived. And Paul was locked up in prison at this time. You see, Paul had been talking and talking and talking and talking about Jesus to the point that the authorities were so fed up with him talking about Jesus, they locked him up and they threw him in prison. I love Paul's boldness. Can you imagine sitting at Starbucks across the table from somebody talking about Jesus and the police coming in and saying, hey, we heard you were talking about Jesus. You need to stop talking about Jesus or we're going to put you in jail. That was what Paul experienced. But I love that Paul, he doesn't care and he does not stop. And look what he writes from jail in Philippians chapter 1. And as we read this, 
There's a few key words I'm going to make note of because they're really important for us to know. Starting in verse 9, it'll be on the screens and in your bulletin. It says this, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence. That's our word for tonight. Have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Now, hang on real quick. That word speak right there. That word in the Greek, it means the simplest form of communication. It's talking about your normal conversation that you would have with somebody over a cup of coffee or taking a walk or chatting at the water cooler on a break at work, okay? It's the most simple form of conversation. He's saying people, they're speaking about it everywhere without fear. Moving on to verse 15. It's true that some are preaching out of jealous jealousy or rivalry. Now this word preaching here, that's a different word than we just saw for the word speak. This word in the Greek, it's a formal way of speaking. It's like giving a sermon or a speech in front of a large crowd from a stage. So he's saying people are are preaching in front of others as well out of jealousy or rivalry. But others preach about Christ with pure motives. This word preach is a third word. It's a completely different word. And this word in Greek, it means to present an idea as a teaching or to help somebody understand something. Going on. They preach because they love me for they know that I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those who do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message of Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. Now, why would I make note of those three words? What's important about the fact that Paul uses three different words to describe the same thing here, sharing the gospel. Well, Paul is saying here, he's saying, listen, people are talking about Jesus in their normal everyday conversation. And people are talking about Jesus in these grand speeches in front of big crowds. And people are talking about Jesus as they're explaining and teaching about Jesus to other people. The gospel is the topic of conversation everywhere around me. In all forms, in all settings, in all ways, people are talking about Jesus. And some, they're not even doing it with right intent. They don't have good motives as they're talking about Jesus. But I love that this doesn't bother Paul. See, Paul knows. It's like Paul knows that Jesus, he doesn't need to be defended. This is the Lion of Judah we're talking about. This is the Alpha and the Omega. This is the one Revelation tells us is coming again with eyes blazing like fire, with the armies of heaven behind him. Like, he's fine. He's not that fragile. He doesn't shatter easily. And I want fusion to be a community that has the confidence of the people around Paul when he wrote this. 
How can we be a people who are constantly talking about Jesus in every circle, in every area of our lives? Two things. Number one, write this down. Know what you believe. Know what you believe. Let me ask. Do you know what you believe about Jesus? You see, so many people will say, well, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but what does that actually mean? Do you know what Jesus was born to accomplish in you? Do you know why Jesus allowed himself to hang on a cross and die a sinner's death and then rise again on the third day? Do you know why that happened? Do you know how Jesus' death and resurrection 2,000 years ago translates to a changed life for you today and heaven for you someday? Do you understand what the power of his death and resurrection offers to us today? You see, confidence is simply knowing what you believe. Now listen, I don't think that this means that we all need to be experts when it comes to the Bible in all ways. I, I went to college to study this book. I got my degree in biblical studies. I'm qualified for this, y'all. I, I, I'm not, I don't want to mislead you but, but and say that I, I read this every single day, but I read this book more days than I don't. I love this book. I treasure this book. I do my best to know this book as much as I possibly can. Yet I would not stand up here and say to you, I'm an expert in all things in the Bible and I can answer every question about this book anybody has ever asked. But, fusion, I feel confident in being able to explain why I believe what I believe about Jesus. I feel like over a cup of coffee with somebody who has open ears and a heart to learn, I can explain what it is about the gospel that I believe. See, the word confidence, it comes from the Latin word con fide, which literally means with faith. To do something with confidence is to do something with faith. So I step into an elevator with confidence, with faith that those cables in this elevator are going to hold me and I'm not going to plummet to my death. I get on an airplane with confidence, with faith that the mechanical parts on this plane are going to work just like they're supposed to. And those two people sitting up in the front of this plane, they know how to fly this thing. And I have faith that we're going to get safely where we are going. I talk about Jesus with confidence. Because I have faith, but not faith in myself, not faith that I have all the right answers that somebody might ask me. Instead, I have faith in Jesus. I have faith that Jesus will accomplish everything through me that he plans to accomplish. I have faith that if I am faithful to speak about Jesus, that Jesus is going to to use me to reach the people in this world that he has predestined me to reach. It's not a confidence in myself. It is a confidence in Jesus and in what I believe about him. Look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so that you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power 
of God. See, I love this. Paul didn't rely on fancy speeches. He didn't rely on a bag of tricks. Instead, when Paul showed up here, he talked about what he knew, which was Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected. That's it. And that is enough. That is enough. I love our baptism process here at Christian Assembly. I love that when somebody from our fusion community decides to get baptized, they come up here and we get to hear a snapshot of their story. And if you listen to these stories as they are read, you're not going to hear these entirely developed theological arguments and defenses of a position when it comes to Jesus. I've heard a lot of baptism stories up here. I've never heard somebody stand up here and say, I was really lost and I was broken and I was hurting. And then someone explained to me the eschatological ramifications of being post-tribulation versus pre-tribulation and my life was just changed. That's not what you hear. Instead, what you hear is somebody stand up here and say, I was lost and I was broken and I was hurting. And then Jesus showed up and then Jesus redeemed me and then Jesus restored me and Jesus healed me. And it's not that my life is perfect. I will still have struggles, but I get to live the rest of my life knowing that my Savior is walking with me. And people... They place their trust in Jesus because courageous people have confidence to talk about Jesus in simple terms. Not being able to answer every question, but still having faith that Jesus will use our imperfect attempts to talk about him, to accomplish all the things that he wants to accomplish in this world. So number one, know what you believe. And number two, this is so important, Fusion. Apply the gospel to yourself daily. Apply the gospel to yourself daily. It's important to know what you believe, but things change drastically when you remember why you believe them. There have been times in my life where I've wanted to share the gospel with somebody, and I've even planned to, but I just never seem to actually get around to it. There was a season where, where I made a friend uh, at a gym that I was going to. Obviously, you can tell this is a story from way back in the day. But uh, uh, there was a gym that I was going to, uh, a local gym. And I, I made friends with, with a guy in there. I'd never met him before. But we started, we'd see each other during our morning workouts. And we kind of had that, like, bro gym conversation. Like, what's up, bro? What's up, bro? Okay, that was it. And then, like, next week, we'd say, like, add a few more words to it. And then we started, like, helping each other lift. And he'd be like, can you spot me? And he'd be like, yeah, sure. Then I'd be like, can you spot me? And he'd be like, why didn't you spot? There's no weight on that. I'm like, don't worry about it. We're all in our process, okay? So. So we're like spotting each other and, and all along, I'm just thinking like, all right, man, Bo, next time you see him, you're going you're to say, you're going to share the gospel with him. Next time you see him, you're going to talk about Jesus to him. And I kept putting it off and I kept putting it off and I kept putting it off until the gym closed. Like it literally closed. Like I showed up one day to work out and they were dismantling the equipment and taking it out of the gym. And I was like, what? what is happening here? Like, are they closing it? I went to find an employee to ask him what was going on and I couldn't even find anybody who worked there. They had all just left already. And I never saw my friend again. And I reflect back on, on what, why did I wait? Why did I wait in that situation? Why have I waited in the numerous other times that I felt the nudge from the Holy Spirit to talk about the gospel with somebody, but I decided to hold it in to myself? Why would I let those moments pass me by? And I realized something as I was reflecting on this. You see, I knew what the gospel was 
I just forgot how good the gospel is. I forgot about the chains that bound me so badly that Jesus came and broke. I forgot about the freedom that I get to walk in every single day because of what Jesus has done in my life. I had forgotten about the fact that I wake up every single morning with a peace that surpasses all understanding because I know He is with me and I know He is for me. I love the story from Genesis where where a man named Jacob, he wrestles with God. The Bible says that that Jacob wrestled with God. And at the end of this wrestling match we read about, Jacob leaves a changed man. He has a new identity. He has a new name. He has a new destiny from this encounter with God. But it tells us in Genesis, I love this, it says that he walked with a limp the rest of his days. He walked in remembrance of that encounter with God for the rest of his days. Every step he took, he remembered his encounter with God. Fusion, I want to live my life walking with a limp. Not that I'm constantly thinking about my sin, not that I'm always beating myself up, but instead I am walking around fully aware of how free I am. I need to walk around remembering that without grace I am lost. Fusion, I need Jesus so badly today. On my own, I can seriously wreck my day and hurt those in my life that I love most. I need Jesus so badly today. I can be so selfish. I can be so arrogant. I can get so entitled and think that all of this revolves around me. I need Jesus so badly today. I can place people's opinions of me as the top priority in my life. On my own, Fusion, I am a mess. I need Jesus so badly today. And so I try to remind myself of the gospel at every opportunity I can. I humble myself before Jesus so that I don't need to be humbled. I remind myself that He is my anchor when seas are raging around me. I remind myself that He is my light when things seem completely dark. I remind myself that He is passionately in love with me. And it's not just that He's passionately in love with me, but fusion, He likes me a lot. He has good thoughts towards me. When He thinks of me, there is joy in His heart. He went to that cross and He died for me. As He hung on that cross, He was thinking about Bo and my need to be saved. He died and He rose again so that I could walk in the power of the new life that He has for me. He gives me His Holy Spirit daily. In new ways, I learn to walk in the power of His Holy Spirit. The gospel has changed me and the gospel is changing me. I am growing in my faith. I am learning what it means to be a person full of faith and expectation, believing that what is behind me cannot compare to the things that Jesus has in store for me. I am learning every day what it means to be a person who actually believes Ephesians 3.20 and what it says. And when it says that He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could think or ask, I'm learning to put my trust in that God every single day. Fusion, the gospel is still relevant. It has to be. We still have a world that is hurting so badly 
There is still racism in this world. There is still sexism in this world. There is still bigotry in this world. There is still slavery in this world. There are still hurting people in this world. And as long as there are hurting people in this world, the gospel is still relevant. But is the gospel still good news to you? Do you remember the joy of your salvation? Are you regularly brought to tears before God out of gratitude and thankfulness? Because he has never treated you like your sins deserve. He has only showed you kindness and mercy. When you were hopeless, he brought you hope. When you were overwhelmed with grief, he brought you joy. When you were drowning in fear, he brought you peace. When you were dead in your sins, he loved you. He saw you, he came for you, and he made you alive again. If you want to share the gospel well with others, Fusion, share it well with yourself first. Alex, if you'll join me up here. The more that you apply the gospel to your own life, the more you'll be eager to share this good news with others as well. That's why we do things like, like conversations about Jesus taking place at Lucky Baldwin's on Wednesday nights right now. It's to set, to set the table for a conversation about Jesus. If you don't know where to start with this thing, I encourage you, come to Lucky Baldwin's on a Wednesday night. Grab a meal, maybe grab a beer and have a conversation with some new friends about Jesus. Ask some questions and share your story and your encounter with Jesus. And listen, I don't want you to think that because I'm a pastor, every time I share about Jesus with somebody, they just fall down on their knees in the middle of found coffee and repent of their sins and and become a follower of Jesus. I do it imperfectly all the time. It still makes me nervous sometimes. But if Paul showed up timid and trembling, I think it's okay for us to have some butterflies about this as well, right? And, sadly... Not everybody becomes convinced about Jesus when I talk to them about him. But then I remember not everybody became convinced about Jesus when Jesus talked to them. Some walked away from him unconvinced as well. And if Jesus didn't bat a thousand, I think it's okay for us to not as well. What's more important is that I do it with confidence. That I do it with faith. Not in myself, but in Jesus. That I speak about Jesus with faith. Believing that he is going to use me to accomplish everything he plans to accomplish. And that if I talk about him enough, I'm going to make his name great. That's what I want. That's what I want to be known for. There's a lot of things I like to talk about and my friends can tell you all about them. But the number one thing that I wish I could be known for in this world as being somebody who won't shut up about Jesus. That's what I want to be known for. This week, uh, uh, Matt Price and I, one of our pastors here, we were working on this talk together. He spoke uh, in the morning services today. And as we were working on this, uh, Matt shared a poem that he was planning on using that I thought was so profound. It's it's from an African-American preacher active in the civil rights movement named Gardner C. Taylor. And here's what he says. Thank God for the gospel. It has been my friend so long. It has led my feet guided me, protected me. I love to talk about him. 
He has been my brother, my bridge, my hope, my strength, my light, my life, my peace. I love to talk about him. I love to talk about my Savior. I love to honor him. He is a friend in loneliness. He is strength in weakness. He is health in sickness. He is wholeness to the wounded. He is the widow's pension. He is the prisoner's pardon. He is the exile recalled to citizenship. He is the orphan's adoption. I love, I love, I love to talk about him. Jesus, an anthem in one word, an oratorio in two syllables. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I know his name. Fusion, if you know him, if you are a follower of his, honor him. Talk about him. Tell somebody about him. The good news of Jesus Christ is the power of God for the salvation of all who believe. I was reading this week in 2 Corinthians, I was reminded of this, where Paul said, And keeping with what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. If you believe, if you are a follower of his, can I encourage you this week, talk about him. I know there might be fear. I know there might be insecurity. I know there might be these feelings of what if I don't have the right answer? What if I'm asked a question I don't know how to answer? What if they hit me with something that really just stumps me? Go with confidence, full of faith that your Savior is going to use you to accomplish everything he plans to accomplish through you. He has been using imperfect people who don't know every answer since the beginning. He's still in the business of it, Fusion. Go with confidence to speak about him this week. I want to do this as we close. Would you guys stand with me? And as we stand, I'm going to ask that everybody would bow their heads and close their eyes in this place. I want to give you a moment to just reflect and respond. My first invitation is this, with everybody's head bowed, everybody's eyes closed. Maybe you're in here tonight and and, uh, you're just investigating faith. You're just checking out what this church thing is all about. And as I'm talking about the Gospels, I've been talking about who Jesus is, about what he has done for me and for you. You realize you've never made the decision to believe that. You've never put your trust in Jesus. You've never believed in the Gospel of Jesus Christ for your salvation. If that's you, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. And listen, I'm not going to try and confuse anybody. I don't want to say too much. I simply want to tell you this. If you've never believed the gospel of Jesus, here's what I believe is true. That your creator knows you and loves you. Sin has separated you from him, but Jesus died so that you could be brought near to him again. And if that is you, if you've never put your trust in Jesus for your salvation, for the new life that he has for you, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that right now. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, but you know tonight is your night, would you just put your hand in the air right now? Put your hand, yep, hand, I see it, absolutely, good. Anybody else? Yes, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fusion, can we pray this prayer out loud together? Jesus, thank you for your grace. Thank you for saving me. 
Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to me. I make you Lord of my life now. And next to you, should I, I just want to give this invitation. If, there, if you're in this room and you know that God is, is, is just nudging you in this moment, urging you to be somebody who speaks with confidence about him in all the places you go, in your school, in your work, in your home, in your family, all of these places, but you want the confidence that he has to give you, you want the power the Holy Spirit has to give you to be his witness in this world. If you want the confidence to preach and speak about Jesus boldly this week, would you just put your hand in the air? I want to pray for you right now. Yes, hands, absolutely. Hands, my hand is up too. Hands all over the room. People deciding, I want to speak boldly about Jesus this week. I want to speak with confidence about Jesus this week. I want to speak about Jesus with faith this week, believing that he will accomplish everything he plans to accomplish. It is not up to me. It is not up to my my power, my strength, my knowledge, my experience. It's simply me sharing about my loving Savior. Jesus, I pray that you would give all of these people with their hands in the air the power and the confidence and the faith to speak boldly about you this week, Lord. Would you make us a community who talks about you? Would you make Make us a community who exists to make your name great in this world, Lord Jesus. God, I pray for more people to come to Fusion because of who's in this room right now, that that more would hear your gospel, more would respond to your grace, we pray. Use us with our hands in the air right now, Lord Jesus, to speak boldly about you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Fusion, as we prepare to close, we're going to sing one more song. And then after we're done with that, we'll be dismissed. If you made that decision to follow Jesus, whether your hand was up or not, please come and talk to somebody, talk to a pastor. I want to remind you of this before we we sing this last song. All that we do is by the power of his Holy Spirit. So as we have the opportunity to sing this song together one last time, make it your personal invitation, asking that the fullness of the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon you so that you might be his witness in Los Angeles. Alex, will you lead us?